Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, August 18th. The time is 7.01 p.m. And you're tuned in to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir. And this podcast is a live call-in podcast, a live call-in program where you, the listener, can call in your prayer requests, share your burdens, maybe share some testimonies of what the Lord has done for you in the lives of your household and in the lives of your sons and daughters who perhaps have either wandered from the faith or have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you are not a first-time listener, I welcome you back. And if you are a first-time listener, we welcome you anyway, and we want to explain what the Parents of Prodigals podcast is. Again, it is a live weekly call-in program. Every Thursday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., we go on the air. And the purpose of this podcast program is to provide a forum for the parents or guardians of wayward sons and daughters, young men and young women who have either backslidden, have wandered from the faith, or perhaps have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And this program is again on every Thursday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. We begin our program always with a time of prayer, followed by a short devotional, And then we open our phone lines. We open our lines for you, the listener, to chime in. And if you have a burden, a prayer request for an unsaved son or daughter, and you want to share that burden with us, we will lift them up before the throne of grace and present them to the Lord in prayer, petition, supplication, and intercession. There are several ways, actually, you can send in your prayer requests. I do realize that some people are uncomfortable with perhaps calling in live. Uh, if you want to call in live, just go into the Podbean link, and we will see your request to come in live over the airways. Or you can type in, instant message your prayer request. And I will see it on my screen. And we will honor your prayer request. There are also two other ways. If you cannot get online, we have a website, parentsofprodigals.us. And on this website, there is a prayer request form that you can fill out. And when we see your prayer request, we will honor it and present it before the throne of grace at our next podcast. Or you can go into Podbean, the prayer request form on Podbean. And that vehicle to get on would be alanweir7 at podbean.com. That's A-L-L-E-N-W-E-I-R, the number 7, at podbean.com. And there is a prayer request form there as well that you can fill out. And again, we will present it before the throne of grace and lift it up in prayer. As I said before, we're going to begin our program with a short word of prayer. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, Lord God, thanking you for another day, Lord, that we can serve you, Father. And before anything, Lord God, we want to Come before you humbly and ask for your forgiveness. If there is anything, anything at all that we've done to dishonor our walk, dishonor our calling, compromise our commitment to you, and anything we've said, anything we've done, any thought that we have had, any way we've treated somebody, any place where we have gone, anything, anything at all that we have done, Lord God, we want to confess it to you, present it to you, and ask for your forgiveness for it, Heavenly Father. We don't want anything hindering our fellowship with you. 
You want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, Lord God. We know that sin separates us from you. And so we just confess our sinfulness before you when we ask for your cleansing with the blood of your precious Son, Lord God. Forgive us of our sins. Make us clean in your sight so we can come before you clean, not of our own merit, but only through the grace of God, the mercy of your Son and his shed blood. We thank you for your forgiveness, Lord God, and we praise you for your mercy and your forgiveness. And as we enter this brief time, Lord God, from 7 to 8, Father, I pray that whatever is said, whatever is shared in this hour is honoring to you, glorifying to you, edifies the hearer. Let our speech be seasoned with salt, giving strength, comfort, and encouragement. Help us all to encourage one another. I need encouragement as well, Lord. And so I just pray that everything that is said and done here this evening honors you, glorifies you, and that we are all edified, ironing, sharpening iron, as we as believers encourage one another, as we share our burdens for our prodigal sons and daughters. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, we are beginning our podcast tonight with a short devotion. Um, many times when I share these devotions, I do not share these uh, insights because I have arrived spiritually. There are many occasions when I face difficulty and need encouragement, and I go to the scriptures for encouragement and to be strengthened. And then when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I record my insights that the Spirit of God has given me, and I'm strengthened and comforted by what I'm reading and meditating on. And these are the insights that I usually share during these devotions. And so I want to share this evening's devotion with you. The name of tonight's devotion is Watching the Road. Watching the Road, Seven Reasons Why We Can Trust God with our prodigal children. You know, there are a few passages in Scripture that we, as prodigal parents, can relate to more than the parable of the prodigal son. Interestingly enough, the parable of the prodigal son is found in only one gospel, the Gospel of Luke, verse chapter 5, verses 11 through 31. And the story of the prodigal son is a story of selfishness, squandering, despair, love, hope. It's a story of forgiveness and restoration as well. And you know, at some point in the story of this young man turning away from his father, we can find a nugget of ourselves between the lines. I know I do. When I read the story, there's always something fresh in there that applies to my life and what I'm facing with my prodigal son and daughter. And many people relate to the young son or young child. I know I do, but consider that with every prodigal child, there's always a parent or a guardian that's praying and waiting and is watching the road for that prodigal to return home. And the ache and the heartache of watching our children make wrong choices can be agonizing. We as parents are powerless as we watch our children suffer the consequences of their own actions. But like the father in the parable, the only thing that we can do is to wait patiently. And again, watch the road for our child's silhouette to appear. And so as I was studying this parable, but also searching the scriptures, I did see that there are, I found seven reasons why we can trust God with our prodigal children. Many times we want to take matters into our own hands and quote scripture to death and sometimes even browbeat our children with the gospel. But the word of God says that no man can come unto the Father unless the Spirit of God draws him. We plant the seed. It's the Spirit of God's job to water it, to nurture it. And the Spirit of God will soften their hearts and draw them to the foot of the cross. You know, one reason we can trust God with our prodigal children is God is faithful to forgive. 
God is faithful to forgive. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, the word of God says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A prodigal child may think that maybe they have wandered too far away. Maybe they want to come to Christ, but they think they have wandered too far off. In the story of the prodigal son, the child thought his father wouldn't take him back into the household. We read in the story that at first he thought that maybe his father would take him back as a laborer. That was not the case. The father was quick to forgive, faithful to forgive as a loving parent. And God also is faithful to forgive. A second reason we can trust God with our prodigal children is that God is watching over our children. In a previous podcast, I mentioned that there are some of us we know where our prodigal children are. We know what they're doing, but there are those of us who don't know what our prodigal sons are doing. We don't know where they are. We don't know who they're with. They may be across the road. If they don't want us to know where they are, they may be in another state. We may not know their location. We may not know who they're with. We might not know what they're doing. You may not know what they're involved with. And so many times we agonize. Sometimes we lose sleep at night as the enemy tries to make us not trust in God. And the enemy would love for us to worry and be anxious. But even though we may not know where our children are, and even though they may be beyond our control, God is watching our children. He's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. He knows where they are and what they're doing. He's aware of what their needs are. He knows what they're struggling with at that moment, even in the middle of the night. If you're awake wondering what your prodigal child is doing and where they are, you may not know, but God knows what they're struggling with and what their heartaches are. You know, in Genesis chapter 16, verses 7 through 14, actually it's Genesis chapter 6, forgive me. Genesis chapter 6, verses 7 through 14, Hagar is alone with her infant son and frightened. But God sends an angel to tell her that he hears and sees her despair. Hagar refers to God as the God who sees. So you and I as parents of prodigal children can take courage in knowing that in that same way he saw Hagar, God is watching our prodigal children, our sons and daughters. He knows where they are. No location is too far. We may not know where they are. and They may be far out of our reach, but they're never too far from our prayers. And God sees where they are, and he is watching over them. A third reason we can trust God with our prodigal children is that God isn't surprised by their choices. You know, we may be shocked by some of the things they're doing or some of the things they say or some of the places where they go, but there's nothing that God doesn't already know. In Psalm 139 verse 4, it mentions that before words can cross our lips, he knows our thoughts and their wayward behavior may catch us off guard and shock us, but God already knows what they're doing, where they're going, why they're even there, and who they're with. But in the end, God's plan is going to prevail. Nothing catches God off guard. He's not surprised by what they're doing. He knew they, what they were going to do before they even do it, as a matter of fact. So he is not caught off guard. We can take comfort in that. A fourth reason that we can trust God with our prodigal children is that God is fighting for our children. That's right. God is fighting for our children. This was a very interesting insight that the Holy Spirit shed on me, and it's, it's a deep insight. You know, the battle for our prodigal sons and daughters is actually being fought in heavenly realms. It's against principalities and powers in high places. And because of this, we have to wage war God's way. The word of God says that the weapons of our warfare are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. And as we wage this war through prayer and fasting, 
rebuking the enemy and binding the bonds that our prodigals are chained in. God sends angels into combat in the lives of our children. I truly believe this, what I'm about to say to you. If God were to open up our eyes, open up your eyes for 30 seconds so we could see the spiritual world, if God could open up our eyes, yours and mine, so we could see the demonic forces that are at work, we would be shocked. Our minds would not be able to contain it. It would be horrible to see the demonic forces that are at work. And in that same way, if God could open up our eyes to see the heavenly forces that are at work, our minds would not be able to absorb it. Our infinite human minds would not be able to absorb if God were to open our eyes to the spiritual realm. This is a spiritual battle that we're engaged in. It may seem like a human one, an earthly one. We witness to our prodigal sons and daughters and pray for them, sometimes even debate with them. But in reality, there is a battle going on in the heavenly realms. Demonic forces are whispering into the eye, into the ears of our prodigal sons and daughters to go certain places and do certain things. And we need to wage spiritual warfare through prayer and supplication, through even fasting. And in that fasting, when we're presenting petition and intercession, we also need to rebuke the power of the enemy, bind the strong man. And again, like I've said several times before, the same way Abraham went into the enemy's camp to rescue Lot with a band of warriors, you and I need to invade the satanic enemy camp or our prodigal sons and daughters are being held captive and bind the strong man and rescue them through the power of prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. A fifth reason why we can take confidence and trust God with our prodigal sons and daughters is that God is sovereign over everything. Nothing happens outside of God's control. And because of this, we can be confident that even the lives and paths that our prodigals take are within his control. They may be making their own choices as to what they want to do, but God has the final say. And in his time, and according to his own plan and methods, our prodigal sons and daughters will be rescued, delivered, and returned. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 12, it says, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth, and by your great power and outstretched arm, nothing, nothing is too hard for you. That was comforting to me, and it strengthened me when I read that verse. A sixth reason why we can trust God with our prodigal sons and daughters is that God desires reconciliation. He wants our children to be saved. You know, Luke chapter 15, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, Luke chapter 15 can be adequately titled The Prodigal of the Lost Possessions. There are three parables in that chapter, not just the parable of the prodigal son, but there's the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the lost sheep. And that lost coin is a valuable that the owner searches diligently for, and when he finds it, he rejoices. The parable of the lost sheep is another parable, which is in chapter 15. And as the sheep wanders away from the flock, the shepherd leaves the 99, and he goes out seeking the lost sheep. And when he finds it, he carries it, rejoicing that he found it. You know, it's an interesting thing. Sheep have no sense of locality. They can wander only a few feet away, and they will get lost. They will have a hard time finding their way back. And many times our prodigal sons and daughters are like that. They may wander away from the faith, and they may not know how to find their way back. They may be involved in things which they believe are good for them or beneficial or enjoyable. And they have no sense of locality. But as we pray and fast for our prodigal sons and daughters, the shepherd seeks them out. 
and brings them back to the fold. And finally, the final reason, the seventh reason why I believe we can trust God with our prodigal sons and daughters is a a reason that's very dear to me. I believe that our children are under our spiritual covering. As long as Christian parents stay faithful, seeking first the kingdom of God, I believe that scripture teaches that our children are covered by us. They can do the things that they're doing and they may need to make their own decision for Christ. And that's understandable. But again, as long as we seek first the kingdom of God, I believe that they are covered by our love for God. Isaiah chapter 49, verses 24 and 25 state, Who can snatch the plunder of war from the hands of a warrior? Who can demand that a tyrant let his captives go? But the Lord says, The captives of warriors will be released, and the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved. For I will fight those who fight against you, and I will save your children. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26, it states, He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for his children it will be a refuge. When I thought of these verses and these passages, it provided strength and comfort, knowing that although our wayward children, my wayward children, may not be serving the Lord, we can pray and fast and entrust them into God's care, and He will bring them back. We as parents and family members of prodigal sons and daughters, we can rest in the assurance that God is working through this season of your child's life. And while you're waiting for your prodigal sons or daughters' restoration and their return to the love and safety of the foot of the cross, we can trust God's faithfulness. We can pray without ceasing, which is what we should do. And more than anything, we need to keep watching the road because we will see them walking towards us as God restores them back to the faith. If they have wandered from their faith, God will restore them. And if they have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, the Lord will be faithful and draw them to the foot of the cross. But it's also my prayer as the parent of a prodigal son and daughter, for us as well as parents, that we need to just not pray for our prodigal sons and daughters, but pray for ourselves as well. We need to ask for God's strength. We need to ask for God's patience. Sometimes while we're waiting for the Lord to act, we can become bitter, wondering if God even hears our prayers. Does he care? Why is he taking so long? What is he doing? Sometimes the situation may get worse before it gets better. But we have to remember that everything is under control. God is sovereign. He knows exactly what he's doing. And I I don't say that lightly. There have been many times when I myself have wondered whether or not God is working. What's taking him so long? Why is he not moving as fast as I would like him to move? But there is an appointed time and an appointed method. Like I've shared before with my beloved brother, Jamie Shock, when we were sharing our concerns for our children, it's a scary thing to tell the Lord, Lord, do what it takes to save my son and daughter. Very scary indeed, but the Lord knows what it would take to break the stubborn will of a prodigal son or daughter, open, open up their mind or soften their heart. Like I've said before, Some of the apostles, Jesus just called them and said, follow me. Matthew was sitting at his tax collector's booth, and Jesus said, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. But someone like Paul, a persecutor of believers, a hater of the gospel, had to be knocked down, knocked off a horse, and blinded. That was what was necessary to bring Paul to the foot of the cross. He had to be knocked off a horse, 
blinded, humbled. And that's what it took. God knows what it takes and what it will take to bring your prodigal son or daughter to salvation. Let's trust the Lord to do what he needs to do. And let's read his word for strength and for comfort. It's my prayer for myself as well as all of you who are listening, who are prodigal parents of prodigal sons and daughters, that God will give all of us the comfort and the strength that we need until that time comes when he draws them to the foot of the cross for salvation. As I've said before, our lines are open. Should you want to chime in and with a prayer request or with an insight, perhaps, or a verse you'd like to share, or maybe even a testimony, you yourself may be an encouragement to someone who's listening. Iron will sharpen iron, and we will be a comfort and strength to each other. That being said, you can either call in, follow the prompts on Podbean if you're listening to chime in, or you can type in your request through instant message, and I will see your request. If you wish to remain anonymous, that's understandable. We will respect your privacy. If you just want to present a request and be ambiguous and just ask for a prayer, we will respect, again, your privacy and your confidentiality. There have been many times when I've been at my church. Uh, I myself am an attendee. My wife and I attend Sole Purpose Evangelical Church in Middletown, New York. And there have been many times at the end of service when our church intercessors will be in the front of the church. And they're there so they can touch and agree in prayer for anyone who wants to go up front. And I make it a habit every week to go up front and to ask someone to stand in proxy for my daughter, and I will stand in proxy for my son. And a prayer is said for both of them, that the Lord touch their hearts and minds and bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it's an encouragement when I hear the prayers said, because this word of God says that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. And I believe that firmly. And so we lift up our prodigal sons and daughters in prayer. We ask others to pray for them. Because I believe that the time is short and we need to be fervent in our praying and fasting. I've said before in previous podcasts, I don't believe that we're in the last days. I believe we're in the last seconds, the last moments. And again, the next event on the biblical prophetic calendar, the next biblical prophetic itinerary is the rapture of the church. The rapture could take place tonight. It could take place before this podcast is over. And while we want the Lord to return quickly, we agonize and we want the Lord's return to happen at the same time we may have sons and daughters who are not saved. It's difficult to be torn like that. We want the Lord to return, but at the same time, there's unfinished business. There may be a son or daughter that's out there who has never surrendered their life to Christ. We want to see that happen. We want to see our loved ones get raptured with us and taken up in the clouds in the air. We are approaching the halfway mark of our hour-long podcast. The time is 7.30 exactly. And we're going to have a musical interlude. Uh, take a short break. And when we return, we will talk more about our loved ones and the need for salvation. But for now, we're going to take a musical interlude, and we shall be right back. Thank you. 
Well, we welcome you back to the podcast. This is the Parents of Prodigals program. Every Thursday between 7 and 8, we come on the air to unite in prayer, petition, supplication, and intercession for the wayward sons and daughters whom we love so much that they return to the faith and accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. We received an anonymous prayer request. I'm holding it before me right now. And of course, as always, uh, if a person wants to remain anonymous, we will respect their privacy. But this prayer request, again, the individual did not wish to divulge their name, and that's fine. It's from a parent. And it states, to please pray for the backslidden daughter that she repent and turn back to Christ. So what I would like to do is, those of you who are listening to this podcast right now, myself, my wife who is with me here, as I do this podcast, and all of us who are listening, to unite in prayer right now, to touch and agree, to pray for this daughter who apparently has wandered from the faith, that she returned to Christ and commit her life back to him. Please unite with me in prayer. Father, we just come together. We unite in prayer, myself, my wife, and every brother and sister in Christ who is listening within earshot of this podcast, Heavenly Father. And this parent may be listening in as well, so we touch and agree with them also, Lord God. Lord, we don't know. I don't know the name of this young lady, but you do. You know her name. You know where she is right now. You know what she's doing. You know who she's with. You know what she's thinking, Lord. And more than anything, Heavenly Father, you know what happened to make her turn away, Lord God. And Father, we just all touch and agree, Lord God. We just lift her up in prayer. We're burdened for her, Heavenly Father. And we we pray that your Holy Spirit touch this young lady's heart where she is. Speak to her mind. Speak to her heart. Speak to her soul. Open up her ears open up her eyes. Whatever she's involved with, whatever she's doing, Lord God, that you turn her away from whatever she's involved with or doing and turn her back to serving you. Give her a sense of your presence, Lord God. Knock on the door of her heart, my God. Your word says that if anyone hears your voice, as you're knocking on the door and they open the door, you will come in. And Lord, we just touch and agree, knock on the door of this daughter's heart, Lord God. Knock on her door, bang on her door. Call out to her that you're seeking her, that you want her to return. Let her know that you love her, Lord God. Speak to her spirit, speak to her mind. Lord, it may be through a gospel track, it may be through a Christian song, maybe someone that she knows is a believer. Whatever the vehicle may be, Lord God, bring her back to a saving knowledge of you, Lord Jesus. And we not only lift her up in prayer and petition, Heavenly Father, but we rebuke the power of the enemy. The enemy would love nothing more than to see her in a Christless grave and eternal torment. Well, right now, we rebuke the power of the enemy in this young lady's life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we rebuke any power, any force that has this young lady in bondage. We rebuke whatever chains have her bound, Lord God. 
It could be drug addiction. It could be being involved with pleasure. It could be whatever it may be, Lord God, you know what it is and you know what it would take to bring her back to you. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke the enemy. We rebuke the power of the enemy. We go into the enemy's camp right now. We bind the strong man and we rescue this young lady. We claim her for you, Lord God. She's covered by your blood, Lord Jesus, and by the prayers of this anonymous parent, Heavenly Father. We touch and agree. We unite in prayer. This is an upper room experience, Lord God. We're uniting in prayer. And those of us who have prayer language, Lord God, your spirit knows where this young lady is, Heavenly Father. Oh, Shandoro Kosandabashaya Lechalam Elohim. Sarabashaya Lechalam Elohim. Oh, Shaddai Masaya Lashalom Elohim Hadam. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Your spirit knows where she is, what she's doing. O Koramasanda, I Halam Elohim, Shalom. Oh my God, touch this young lady's heart. Bring her back to a saving knowledge, Lord God. Cover in your blood. We ask this in Jesus' name. We touch and agree. We believe you, Lord God, for her deliverance and her salvation and her return. We wait to hear the testimony, Lord God, that she come back to you. It may be tomorrow. It may be next week. We don't know when it's going to be. We don't know how it's going to happen. But we trust you. We believe you. We thank you. And we praise you for deliverance and salvation in the life of this young lady, Lord God. It's already happened. We call it into being. We speak life to this young lady's life, Lord God. Salvation and deliverance is hers. Lead her back to you, Lord God. Lead her back to you. We can see her silhouette against the horizon. We see her on the road returning home. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray and we thank you. Amen and amen. You know, during the break, the musical interlude, and even during this prayer, I was thinking about the reasons, the things that keep people, that keep prodigals, young people, from accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior. There are so many factors. There are so many reasons why our prodigal sons and daughters may not want to come back to the Lord. You know, one of those things which really, really comes to my mind is church hypocrisy. Church hypocrisy. It was an article in the news this week, actually I saw it yesterday, about a pastor in New York City who rebuked his congregation. This actually happened. He rebuked his congregation for not buying him a Rolex watch. Hard to believe that was actually in the news. A pastor rebuking his flock, his congregation, because he wanted a brand new expensive watch and the congregation failed to buy it for him. As I read that, I I couldn't believe what I was reading, and I thought about the unsaved people who read that article. I read the comments to that article. So much bitterness and so much anger, and rightly so. Paul stated in one of his epistles that he was very careful not to do anything to discredit his ministry. And church hypocrisy is one reason why many people don't come to Christ. And my brother Jamie Schock just shared an insight. Yes, we must walk our talk. And church hypocrisy is a reason why many people don't come to Christ. Why should they? They don't believe the church is genuine. You know, another reason is religiosity. I said this before in a previous podcast, you can be a prodigal in church. Maybe you're coming to church and your parents are saved and you come to church. Maybe you come to communion Sunday. You take communion, you sing the hymns, 
You may even read the Bible, but you have never surrendered your life to Christ, repenting of your sins and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Religiosity can keep someone from accepting Christ. Being religious is not the same thing as being saved. Prosperity and good health is another reason why many young people don't come to Christ. Their health is good. Maybe they have a good paying job. They're having a good time. They have a lot of friends. And so why should they surrender their life to Christ? They're too busy leading their own lives. They wouldn't think of surrendering their life to somebody else. They want to control their own lives. Another reason why many prodigals don't return to Christ is they've had a bad experience in the church. A bad experience. I've talked to many young people who have gone to churches and the churches were maybe overly legalistic. Or maybe, again, they've seen hypocrisy in the church. And even worse, which is an abomination, some people have been abused in church. A bad experience in church can make people leave the church and doubt the faith. May God forgive those who are a stumbling block to those who have wandered away from the faith because of bad testimonies in the church. Another reason why many young people, many prodigals, don't come to Christ they have unanswered questions and doubts about God. Jesus welcomed questions. But many, many times people have questions about God. They have doubts. They want to know, how do we know the Bible is the word of God? How do we know that there even is a God? Some prodigals were once believers and they became atheists. They reconstructed, deconstructed and reconstructed their faith. That's a very dangerous movement that's taking place in the church these days, the deconstruction movement, where evangelicals are tearing apart their own faith and asking themselves, why should I still believe anymore? And they're bound in bitterness and sarcasm. You know, Psalm 1 makes it very clear. Blessed is a man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly following their advice or stand in the way of sinners, keeping company with them. But ultimately, the worst of all, sitting in the seat of mockers, mocking the things of God. That is the lowest of the regenerative steps. You go from listening to ungodly advice to keeping company with the ungodly, and then ultimately, you yourself are mocking the things of God. We need to pray for our prodigal sons and daughters. God knows what needs to be done to bring them to a saving knowledge of Christ. And like my brother Jamie had shared, anybody can talk and preach the gospel. We have to be living epistles that can be read of our prodigal sons and daughters. They need to see the love of Christ in our lives. They need to see holiness, commitment, consecration. They need to see the gospel being lived, and not just here, the gospel being preached. It's my hope, our hope, that all of our prodigals return to a saving knowledge of Christ. And as we come to the end of our one-hour podcast, I want to say a closing prayer. Please join me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time when iron was sharpening iron, insights were shared, prayers were made, Intercession was made, Lord God. We just lift up in prayer all of our prodigal sons and daughters that you do what needs to be done, Lord God, to lead them back to the fold. And I also pray for those of us who are parents of prodigals that you continue to give us the strength we need, the boldness to live Christ before our prodigal sons and daughters, not compromising our testimonies and living godly lives before them. And until that day comes, Heavenly Father, when we see the silhouette of our prodigal sons and daughters on the road returning home, we're going to trust you 
that you know what you're doing. You have the right time and the right way. Give us the patience and the perseverance to keep trusting in you and not get discouraged. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've approached the one-hour mark, and I want to thank you for tuning in. We will be on the air again next Thursday, which I believe is the 25th, from 7 to 8 p.m. Please join us next Thursday, Thursday, August 25th at 7 o'clock for the next Parents of Prodigals podcast. And until then, we will be praying our prodigals back home. And like tonight's devotional said, watch the road for the silhouette of your prodigal son and daughter. It will come to pass. God bless you. Good night. And we will see you next week.